Uh, oh yeah. So it's hey, good, good point. We're gonna start good our podcast too. now. Um, so welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, the podcast about censorship and the arts. Uh, my name is Todd Sullivan. Joining me again is Peter Ammon. Uh, and uh, today we're wrapping up our look at. I did let you say hi. Why, hello everyone. Yes, and, that's filling me with rage. And today <laughs> we're gonna wrap up our look at uh, Rage by Stephen King. Buttons are getting in my way. Sometimes it's fun to chat over it, especially live. You can just hear it fading out. You know, I hate to go back to old technologies after that spiel. Uh, but my wife and I were talking about this the other day about recording uh, songs off the radio way back in the day, speaking of cassette tapes. Yeah. And the the response from radio stations was to start talking over the start and ending of songs right they'd have the the disc jockey. really yeah so this became a phenomenon right when blank cassettes that you yeah. record on to hit the market and so the radio stations knew that kids like you know me and, and my wife and whoever else were had our little blasters and you know listening at night and trying to record the our favorite songs right and uh onto a cassette tape so that's what they started doing is they st would start to have these kind of intros where they talk over the start of the song or you know if the song had a long outro they just kind of converse yeah. over the whole thing so that you wouldn't be able to get the song and clean because if for you record it on tape you the only way you can listen is to tune into the radio That's which right, is what yeah. they want That's yeah. really smart yeah it was kind of a weird time but yeah, yeah I remember like most recording I think I was doing like during in the annual or the weekly like top 10 countdown mm -hmm. and there usually wasn't a lot of talking on those for whatever reason but it would be like each week you'd have no idea what whether you your song get, yeah. was going to be yeah. in the top 10 that you want to record or and if it was what number it would be at so you're like every time the song's about to start yeah is it this you had to know the first few yeah. notes of uh, and if you didn't want to lose any of it yeah. you had to like start and then find out and be like no and yeah rewind it. rewind it a bit <laughs> otherwise you're going to miss the first couple of seconds that's and that's right, no yeah, good in a mixtape yeah um hey welcome back uh we are going to be talking about books today we are going to be talking about books um i did want to say that when i was last time we were recorded as we were wrapping up and you you were doing your farewell i realized i think i've been introducing you with the wrong pronunciation of your name since we started <laughs> So sorry. That's all right. It was pretty close. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like it was that far it's, off. It really bugs me because I took the one. time to say, like, how do you pronounce this properly before we did the first episode? And then I think I did it right for the first one. And then yeah. after that. That's just like an accent. It comes and goes. I uh, guess. But yeah, no, Ammon is how it's pronounced. Ammon, uh, but I've been doing Ammon. Yeah. Now, I mean, it depends on the part of the world because there are other people. Uh, you know, in, in Canada that have that last name. And I think they pronounce it a little bit differently, mm. right? But for us, for our family, it's always been Ammon. Ammon. It just, I guess, in my mind, it's that sitting right in the middle between, because my first thing is like, amen. Right? Yes. Amen <laughs> think, or amen. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and that's, my brain refuses to go to what it actually is, which is in the middle of that. Yeah. Just keep it chill. And <laughs> Peter, just, oh, just man. Peter Ammon. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. man. There you go. Now you got it. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, it's uh, it's been good. I know uh, I know you did so many episodes, uh, you know, with uh, with Oren there. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad I got the chance to come hang out with you and talk about band media. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm super glad to have you. And I've been uh, I look forward to mispronouncing your name in <laughs> wonderful many, and strange many ways. Many more, many more, many, many times. more times. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about this band book. Uh, we're talking about Rage, which is an early novel by Stephen King mm-hmm. um, that was originally published under the name Richard Bachman. King started publishing under a pen name because he was, I'm going to, it's, my voice is getting to be distracting in my ear. Uh, um, he, he was publishing, basically he was creating and writing too many books to publish. His publishers couldn't keep up. Yeah. Real first world problems. Real first world <laughs> problems. Yeah. Real celebrity uh, superstar writer problems. Um, and he, so he decided to start publishing under a pen name, uh, taking these maybe lesser, you know, these are earlier books that were sort of rejected by publishers originally, um, that now that he's Stephen King, he can kind of like coerce them into taking a chance on That's right. and putting them out under a pen name. He published five, uh, Rich, uh, Rage was the first of the five, um, before he was, uh, found out and outed and he's published as far as I know, two since then. Oh, really? So okay. two more uh, books under the name Richard Bachman, even though everybody knows right. it's Richard Bachman. One of them was a book called Blaze, um, which he used the pen name for in part because it was another novel he had originally written very early on in his life. Okay. Um, and so it sort of felt like it fit within that. It was part of that group yeah. of work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other was sort of kind of a, almost a, a publishing gimmick. He published two books um, simultaneously. One was called um, The Regulators and one was called Desperation. Okay. One by Stephen King one by Richard Bachman, um, two completely different stories. Same characters? Same, same character st- names. Oh, really? Okay. Um, sometimes, like, their characteristics would be the same, but I think quite often the personalities were different, so someone okay. who was a villain in one book would be a good, good guy in a different book. Okay. But it's kind of like these two kind of simultaneous stories taking place in two very alternate universes. And it seems like... That so just... are you saying that Stephen King invented the media multiverse? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess we'd have to That's probably interesting. If we're looking at all media, I think probably I would bet on DC Comics having maybe the first reference to a multiverse. Okay. Just because they go back so far. Um, but I mean, yeah, King has been connecting his stories and, and books together yeah. um for a long time. And then his Dark Tower series was really all about all of the connections and oh, okay. everything woven okay. together. Um, to my knowledge, though, Rage is not a part of that Stephen not a part King of that universe. Uh, but maybe somebody. But the know, squirrel in Rage is no. <laughs> the squirrel in Rage is yes. <laughs> He's managed to somehow slip between the uh, uh, the universes, um, and, but not the not the lawn that just comes up and says uh, says how do you howdy. how do you how do you do or yeah I think yeah. it just says howdy. Um, so Rage has been pulled from publication by Stephen King. That's why we're talking about it. It's been connected to uh, multiple school shootings. Uh, one in particular, which uh, I don't have in front of me right now. But there are three uh, fatalities. Yeah. Uh, um, which was, I think, a first for some of the earlier linked yeah. ones. Yeah. And King's attitude basically like, well, if this is even remotely possibly leading people to shoot people, then fuck it, I'll just take it off the shelf. Yeah. Which I think we described earlier was kind of the one reasonable kind of work of censorship is if you censor yourself because you don't like or you don't think that the world will um, still appreciate the message or or be able to um, understand your work the way it was intended any longer right so yeah 
really, you know, we're, we're kind of anti-censorship here. So uh, to, to kind of say that there is one, one little niche that is acceptable is kind of a, no, thing, but, I do, but you know, there'll be plenty of people who kind of disagree with that as well, because, you know, there's people who, for example, this is less about censorship and more about like Final Cut. But hmm. if you look at something like Star Wars, um, where where Ju George Lucas was, was fiddling with it, literally up until he sold it to Disney, like when, <laughs> when um, episode four, A New Hope aired on Disney Plus. There is a new line in it that people had never seen before. Oh, really? Um, it's some with, retconning. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Greedo shouts a McClunky when he dies. Hmm. Nobody knows what that word means for sure. Nobody knew it happened. They're setting like, something up it for was, like years. It was so <laughs> weird because it's like it's like nobody knew it was coming. Disney didn't know it was coming. It was just like George was just fucking around with his movie hmm. until and then pr probably did it like ten years ago forgot about it <laughs> didn't tell anybody but it's like he has made that. so many changes to those movies over the years right. and it's impossible um to legally acquire sort of the way it looked originally oh and there's lots of people who saw it the way it looked originally who are not fans of of like the special editions and all the additional right, yeah. cgi that wish they could have that and i understand that perspective but this is also that same kind of case where this is what the artist wants it's how mm -hmm. he wants his work represented yeah and as much as it's frustrating, as much as I, I wish it was easier to go out and find a copy of Rage for myself to read, it's what the artist has chosen to do, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to respect it, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, if looking at Star Wars, and this could be a controversial controversial line as a, a kind of a masterpiece or a magnum opus, right? If that's never quite finished if there's always tweaks and things that you want to make and are able to mm. why wouldn't you yeah right and you know what are my thoughts on on rage um speaking of the the, the blaze book that king wrote as, as something that he had um sort of started writing earlier in his career that he you know came back to later in his career and finished up i wonder i wonder what rage could have looked like if that had been what happened to that book, like it never got published as Richard Bachman and it just stayed as something in his, in his shelf for years and years and years and years until maybe 20, 30, 40 years later, he's found a way to go back to that story and do it in a different way. That's maybe less triggering violence mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's sort of my, what i what I found myself wondering about as, as, as I was reading it and after I had read it, because I still think it's a really good book, really interesting message at its mm -hmm. heart. Um, it's, it's just because of that, it's too bad. It wasn't done in a way that didn't lead to it no longer being in publication. Yeah. Well, I think part of the message, because it, it really does target that focal point of a, you know, teenager's life, you know, navigating high school and thinking about how they want to be perceived in the world and how it matters or doesn't matter. You know, that's, that's a very interesting message. And the, the audience being, you know, kind of high schoolers and, and maybe, wanting to hear or needing that message uh <laughs> that you know the violence aspect of it really kind of precludes it from you know sticking around to try and reach that audience right because if if there is as we've seen some you know handful of incidents that happen because of this then it's tough to justify continuing to try and push that towards that uh, that group uh, of teenagers right no matter how good the messages or or the potent thoughts that uh, that these students should be thinking about so yeah i i mean 
I, I can see why um, you, you'd want to take it out. Yeah, and so um, I guess we 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 both agree that it. Um, oh, we have a question here from Anjali. Okay, we got a question from Anjali. Do you think that Joe McKennedy is real or simply a figment of Charlie's imagination? Holy crap, that's a great question because that. Did you have a thought like that when you're no, reading the I, book? No, I didn't. And I think that's that. Wow. I wish somebody had asked me that before I read it so I could. Uh, <laughs> oh, but like before you read the yeah, whole book? Well, yeah, as, oh. before I reread it, because okay, I've read okay. it multiple times yeah. before this, because as I said, I really loved it from high school. Um, but I would love a reapproach with that thought in mind, because that's really interesting. My gut feeling is to say I think he's real just because he has that letter that's been written at the end. Well, that. That for me, because uh, I kind of I had some thoughts on this that like yeah. like a a bit of a what if like what if there is no Joe McKennedy like it's just an imaginary friend that Charlie has and part of what kind of hit it for me was that letter at the end. It's very positive. I know we have the oh it's redacted so people at the institution are definitely checking his mail kind of you know that's part of the aspect. But I think I think you can also look at it as you know Charlie's if he's really in a mental institution or, you know, really kind of gone off the deep end and, you know, not to say that he really, really has, but, you know, he has some problems, but in that mental institution, if he kind of had this imaginary friend or, you know, this, this figment of his imagination spurring him on or, you know, telling him that he's okay or, or, you know, in his loneliest moments being a, a friend that he can turn to all of a sudden this letter shows up, and it's telling him how much of an impact he's had on the kids in the room and, you know, that their lives have gone on to interesting and, and diverse things. It's very strange to me that that letter came from Joe McKennedy. He wasn't in the class, right? He wasn't part of the group. And suddenly he's the spokesperson for everyone there. And they kind of to all told Joe to, you know, give their love and support to Charlie. I and I, I'm not saying that that he isn't real. I'm just saying there's a way to look at all the interactions that he's had with Joe as potentially yeah, him but, not really existing. So where do where would you say the letter came from then? If it wasn't Joe, it's also part of Charlie's uh, imagination. And see, right? and that's that's where and it's, it's something that he made up to buy himself up. Right. right. In but his here's here's the issue that I have as place. far as the the way the book is presented goes. Because, I mean, I guess, I, okay, I guess you could argue that the the court document that explains what Charlie was charged with and the medical document about Ted, or Ted um, Jones, Jones, that those are also part of his imagination. Uh, no. But, but I, here's the thing, like, if those documents are real, mm -hmm. Charlie would not have them. No. Which means that if we acknowledge that the documents in the book are real, regardless of whether Charlie has them, the origin, that means the yeah. letter can't be only a figment of his imagination it has to be a physical object i i get the logic on that but i think there's there's a way around it right because these documents that we're looking at we can only assume are because he, he says at one point in the book that he hasn't talked about it or written about it since now right so it gives the impression that he's kind of maybe writing uh something yes because right? that was my yeah. thought is that the, and the, that, the book is and that his somebody sort has of... put it together yeah. later and then added some documentation so if you're if you're looking at it that way then it's like yeah all of those things have to be real 
But if we look at it in the context of, well, this is still just how he's imagining telling this story, that the letter could potentially be just a figment of his imagination, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not saying that that no, it's, doesn't and it's exist, certainly interesting think, to think about. I think and there's an argument where you could read it in that light. And yeah, go, yeah, like he, yeah. he could just be a figment of it's, Charlie's. Imagination. I think the argument would be would be much, much, much more compelling if there wasn't that letter. And I, I don't think it's the we, physical documentation. It's that the physical documentation the always, yeah. Um, but like, I and I don't think that you it needs to be in his imagination to justify why the letter came from Joe. Um, Joe is basically Charlie's only friend. Mm -hmm. um, even though that the people in the classroom that day went through things with him and were moved by him, I don't know how many of them would have been compelled to write. Doesn't and 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 the fact that we don't see those letters in there doesn't necessarily mean that none of them did write him either. That right, yeah. could have just been chosen. It just makes sense to me that that Joe would be the one to say, to "Hey, take it upon himself." To I love you, man. I still want to come see you if they find yeah. that you have visitors. And I don't know that anyone really went out of their way to ask him to tell Charlie things. It's probably right. just stuff that comes up in station. Right. Joe has kept probably, his ear to the ground, and, and he, he probably also to, like. Yeah he was running within social circles that Charlie was close to, which means he probably knows a lot of those people. I think he was like a grade or two ahead of Charlie. And that's why he wouldn't have been mm. in the classroom, but it doesn't mean he didn't have any sort of social interaction with those other kids. Right. Right. Yeah. I just think that, um, yeah, it's just, he's the most likely one to actually reach out and care about Charlie. Right. Right. Or, or the only one, I mean, or the only you know, one. he's not hearing from his parents, presumably his dad is maybe his mom, but she seemed quite oh. upset. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and yeah, she was in, um, like she was in deep into like drug and alcohol stupor when after yeah. the, um, the math teacher, like, yeah. So probably not hearing from his parents. No, I wouldn't. Presumably so. the only contact he has is with doctors. So yeah, a letter from Joe would mean a lot, and maybe Joe would know that. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, it could still be just still be. his imagination he that he's getting. He could have written any the letter to himself and then right? like yeah. sent it to himself through the mail. Well, if he's if he's really that potentially lonely and cut off from any contact, right? He could have made made it up potentially. Right? Yeah, for sure. For Who sure. Knows? It's it's definitely an interesting idea worth we're thinking about. In the yeah. same way that uh, if you know the um, there's this other theory that. Have you seen um, The Big Lebowski? Mm -hmm. Long there's, time ago. Yeah. yeah, there's a theory that um, Donnie, uh, Steve Buscemi's character, isn't real. Isn't real, yeah, it doesn't exist. Uh, because um, uh, the, the dude, uh, Lebowski, has almost little to no interaction with him. And so it's the idea is that he is um, someone that... Uh, died when uh in the war with uh, right. john goodman's character he's in the coffee can like that's the where the theory goes well maybe he's always been in a coffee he's can right and he's never can, really yeah. processed the death and so mm -hmm. he sees him and he hears him and you know he's dealing with that and then that's anyway it's likely not true but it's a fun theory yeah, yeah. Um, again sa same i think with this where it's it's likely not true um i would imagine that uh i think you're right about how the book was written and put together todd that uh uh, you know, it's not really written to give you any real sense that, uh, you know, Joe is an imaginary figure, but I think it's an interesting thought exercise to go. Yeah. What, what if he was, he was that over the edge or, you know, he had other mental issues on the go, including this kind of, 
you know, multiple personality or, you know, figment of your imagination type characters uh, that were maybe spurring him on or, or giving him another outlet to think like, yeah, I've, I've got a friend who maybe approves of how I do things or whatever. And that, that maybe is what led him to take the actions that he did. But uh, yeah, definitely not really the way you, you'd pick it up from the book, at least not on the first read. But no, no, but it is, thought. I think it is definitely uh, an idea worth considering because we do know that Charlie is at least a certain amount crazy. Yes. And so how much crazier could it be? Yeah. And yeah, that would be, yeah, that's a very interesting thought. Mm -hmm. And Ted Jones is way beyond that. <laughs> yeah, Ted Jones is <laughs> in a whole other, yeah. Let's talk about Ted for a second. Yeah. How do we feel about what happened to him? I mean... Yeah, he wasn't a good dude, but it wasn't like he was a terrible person, really. You know, he he was confused, um, you know, was dealing with a lot of stuff in his life, you know, not to, you know, say that he had a really, really bad life or anything like that, but he was dealing with stuff. He wasn't into, you know, the group think that the class had when everyone got on board with what Charlie was doing. And he he spoke up against it. He was the only one, right? And, you know, maybe if the things, you know, had been different, if it wasn't Charlie, maybe he would have been, you know, right there with everyone else. Right. But he had that personal kind of dislike of right, Charlie, right. of what Charlie represented. Um, and he just couldn't get there. Right. And, you know, the class went through something powerful in the end. Right. They were, you know, it was kind of this real open, vulnerable kind of discussion about life. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, Ted, aside from trying to take Charlie down, he wasn't really that against, you know, what was going on, aside from a few times when he spoke up when, you know, Sandra was talking about him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when yeah, he was directly he was involved, much, he cared. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that. So I just feel like the class was pretty harsh on him at the end. I mean, they mm -hmm. really took it to, I mean, the guy's catatonic for the rest of his life. Like, that's pretty harsh kind of treatment. I mean, because he didn't want to participate. We don't way. know that for sure. You think the electroshock treatment works and he I mean he snaps out of it? He's he's young, like he's got plenty of years ahead of him, assuming that he takes care of himself to some degree. But and the like inky hands. The inky the hands. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean he's got plenty of time to snap out of it at some point. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well let let's hope. Maybe so. there'll be some, you know, twenty years, thirty years into the future, there'll be some like breakthrough in brain therapy yeah. that he can take advantage of. Is there an Ted Jones and any other Stephen King uh, novels where oh, he's a, um, a messed up older adult who's reeling from oh, the past or something? I don't know. I don't have thought about that. Yeah, there, there certainly could be. Speaking of the Stephen King I was gonna say there's, metaverse. There's, there's probably been characters who are Ted Jones-esque, you know, uh, characters who behave the same way. But I think in, in, in future books, King's bad guys tend to be a lot more objectively bad. Mm -hmm. They're not just sort of morally ambiguous with some angst yeah uh, right like because like all things considered ted just didn't feel like sharing a you know yeah. the share circle yeah i don't know that he deserved a, a, what he got but at the same time like as a as a metaphor for that kind of a student it does feel like how else could it have ended right yeah, I, I get that, right? And and especially considering the extent of the experience they went through together, right? For him to not want to share, I can see how that would be quite unnerving to the class of going like, you know, what what is he going to say about this um, this time that's going to be different from our stories? Why didn't he want to share with us? You know, how come he's being hidden, right? Why is he still 
you know, closeted or, you know, he's not revealing his true self the way the rest of us did. And that's either an affront or something that they just can't have out there when they re- in the real world. Right. So there's, there's multiple kind of places of fear and, uh, and mistrust that, that I think would, would push this group to lash out like that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Join the conversation. Um, you want to chat with us about Ray? Chat with us about you know your thoughts on what we've talked about so far. Please give us a call if you're um, using the Podbean app uh, with a set of headphones, either wirelessly connected or plugged in. Um, give us a call, and we'd love to chat with you. Yeah, uh, you know, I know maybe not everyone's read the book, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully, the last couple episodes you've got a chance to kind of hear what it's about and maybe form some thoughts as to, you know, the importance of the work versus the depublication or, you know, whether, <laughs> whether Joe McKennedy's real or not, you know, some, some of that kind of stuff. And we can discuss it a little bit more because, um, you know, I haven't read many Stephen King books uh, and I certainly haven't read one for a while. And this just reminded me of, you know, what a good writer is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and especially considering how early of what yeah, it was for That's him. what really astounded yeah. me is like the, again, it's been so long since I read this um so yeah being able to see just how well written it is um is just it it, it, it's it's a page turner it is it really is and it's got a real quick pace to it obviously our 37 or 38 chapters are done in the space of you know three or four hours uh in in real world time yeah uh and it's got that lightning pace but it also makes time for i think we talked about this in one of the other episodes these tangents these these you know kind of callback moments where where he he delves into the past or some experience that he's had and he starts thinking about it and then it comes back around and ties in kind of perfectly with the with what's happening or the the kind of the action uh or thoughts that are on the go at the time and you know that was really neat um just how well that flowed together but also still gave you that hint of, yeah, Charlie is a little crazy just with how his thoughts are jumping around and, and that kind of thing, right? It, it is really, really well put together yeah. in that sense um, and really fleshed out that character, um, you know, which is what I think that type of book needs, right? Is you really need to well, be I think in that character's head? As a writer, that is definitely one of uh, King's strongest uh, abilities is, is his ability to write characters that are three-dimensional and interesting uh, and you care about them mm-hmm. uh, because that, that's absolutely instrumental, I think, especially in, in horror fiction, because if you don't care about the fates of the people you're reading about, you're not going to care about the story. That's right. Well, and those that happen to them are less of a concern. Yeah, exactly. Or less you know, dramatic or thrilling. Yeah. yeah. And not to say that you can't have a different kind of horror story that's got unlikable characters in it. But um, I think for, you know, your traditional uh, for all novels, really, but especially for horror you need to really um, understand the characters and, and and feel for them and care about them. That's right. And that is something that King, again, was clearly good at from very, very early young, on. From very young. Uh, and juggling multiple characters, too, that's something else he's very well known for, is having these big epic stories with, like, hundreds of characters. Um, you is know, that I, like the Dark Tower and the... Yeah, but also things like and... um, Under the Dome, for example, which is this, it's about a thousand pages, and it's about this little small town that ends up trapped under a I don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, literally, there's probably mo- more than a hundred characters in the book they that are have their named. Own development. And... They don't necessarily have their own development. They might appear on a single page. Hmm. But like, 
there is not a single character in a king book that doesn't get a name or a little bit of backstory yeah like okay. he may be there for a page but you're going to know why he's walking down that street in that moment what he thinks about his wife and what part of his body is itchy <laughs> you're going to find out shit about this character it's pretty specific right well i mean maybe not those specific things but like there's yeah. going to be some sort of a yeah. monologue going on in the character's mind that he's going to tell you about that tells you something about that character right. even if it's only for a page like it's insane i don't know how the man does it wow well, this turned into a real Stephen King love fest. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was a great book. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the subject matter um, and the effect that it, you know, had on youths in that era was not ideal. Um, and so, you know, I guess, you know, from my standpoint, I kind of agree with the depublication if that's what he felt was necessary. But man, great book. And, you know, if you can if you can handle it without without maybe uh thinking that you might go a little uh gung-ho on your school uh you know it's a, it's a book worth reading i mean it's really a really interesting look at the kind of teenage experience and a little bit of that social structure of, of high school and and how people you know hide their true selves from each other and, and that kind of thing and you know when when it really kind of all comes out like everybody has similar problems or or could potentially relate to other people's problems right so uh yeah that that i think is one reason to still kind of look at this book or, or try and get hold of it if you want to kind of go through that because it's it's really well written yeah um and yeah has some some interesting even if they're a little outdated potentially with some of the the language uh you know well that's part of the fun of it yeah. i think is encountering some of this you know so slicker than owls shit slicker than owl uh, shit. happy horse shits yeah. and uh yeah yeah so i, I think it's still worthwhile as far as uh, oh i do too to, and to um and... you know the rest of the books in the bachman collection are also really really good um some of them better than this actually uh in my opinion um so it's not like you'd be going out and and getting you know spending money to get a single book that you're only going to read a tiny portion yeah, of you're not you're not buying the album for the single here no no <laughs> everything else is is really really worth reading um it's just it's hard to find yeah i mean i i know what we talked about i ordered the one off amazon that yeah. said with rage in the title and then after i ordered it uh, and it showed up and I kind of went back and looked at the, there were comments below that said, nope, doesn't include rage. So the Omnibus really only has four books, not, uh, not five. Three, not four. Three, not four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, good value for the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, oh, what was I going to say? Sorry. I just had a mess up with my screen. I forgot. Uh, what were you just saying? Shit. Just talking about the the value of of the other books that uh, right. That so yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look to eBay or like local used bookstores if yeah. you want to find this because and probably your local used bookstores are the better bet because eBay these people know that it's hard to get a hold of and you're gonna see cranked up prices yeah. from people yeah. just trying to profit. And I mean, I guess I don't want to say they're profiteering. It is technically a legitimately rare book at this point. Yeah. Um, especially if you're looking for like some of the early ones, like I lucked into finding the original hardcover. Um, but, but I also got it, you know, for like three bucks or whatever. So <laughs> like, that's a win. Yeah. So if you can find it somewhere, read it. Yeah. If you haven't. And uh, if you do, come come listen to the podcast again. Yeah, Re go through these again and think about the the question that you would have asked yeah. if you if you called in at the time. Yeah.
<laughs> and then call into a future episode and harass us about a different right. book yeah. when we're talking about we, something else. Who knows what we'll be talking unrelated. about? Unrelated. Yeah. You, I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's other Stephen King books that have been. That have been banned? Banned. Yeah, pulled mm-hmm. from schools at least. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to check that out for uh, for one of our next ones. Maybe. Because, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind reading another Stephen King book. I I really thought, you know, if this is his kind of early state, I mean, man, this is uh, any anything's going to be good. And I know I, I've read a couple of other books, and they've been they've been really well well put together as well. So, yeah, I'd do another one for sure. All right. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do another Stephen King book. Possibly confirmed. in the future, there is a chance, 100% confirmed that there is a probability. Things could happen. <laughs> we don't know. Um, all right. Well, um, should we talk about our next pick or are, yeah. we, are we solid on it? Or as far, Yeah, I think we're yeah. solid on the next okay. pick. Uh, I just, just want to make sure we're sort of done with rage. There's nothing else to really go over. Nothing, no final thoughts. Um, well, I... I think uh, in the past we've kind of rehashed our rating system. Yeah, we here, both so. we both basically gave it a four yeah. last time, which so, is you know it's considerably high. Yeah, I I don't I don't really like to give out fives. You know that's uh, I'm pretty reserved with that. Someone's got to really knock your socks off to to get a five. I think. Yeah. But that being said, I mean after after kind of going back through this and and ruminating on kind of uh, you know because when you do it in chunks, right, a hundred pages at a time, or you know. 50 ebook pages or whatever yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. uh you know like you kind of it's it's broken up and it's not until you maybe take you're a not necessarily thinking and, about the whole yeah you're kind of thinking about this chunk that i need to dissect and, and figure out kind of what's going on right so after kind of going back through and, and taking a look at you know what the story is trying to tell us as far as um you know the 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 problems or non-problems or or the things that teenagers keep hidden and and how they sequester themselves in these you know neat little lives from each other and they're nobody ever really knows their true selves you know that kind of thing um granted is a lot more prevalent in media these days you know those kind of stories but at the time i i mean i think there wasn't a lot of that um you know that kind of in-depth view into the teenage mind um and so i think there you know as we've said a few times now there's some real value in that story yes it's clouded with kind of the violence aspect and and you know the the school kind of shooting but kind of taking that out of play in terms of you know yeah that was maybe the necessary kind of inciting thing to get that discussion flowing it is at the heart i think still that book about being a teenager right yeah whether totally. whether it's totally. going crazy or just hiding a little bit of your life from somebody you know like what is that like and yeah i think it's it's really valuable and i think for that reason i i think i might go as high as like a 4.5 like just kind of wow. going up like wow. four and a half stars like getting real close to where i'm comfortable <laughs> with and going yeah I, I think this you know deserves to to be a little uh, more recommended interesting Wow. Uh, I'm going to stick with the four. I'm going to stick with the four. Um, And it's because I think I still have this part of my mind that is fascinated with the concept of what could this book have been if it had ruminated in the back of King's mind for longer? Is there some alternate future version where he he manages to reapproach this book in a way where it can be published with the same kind of message, but not with a storyline that requires it be pulled from schools or mm-hmm. pulled from publication. 
and and that's and that's the only reason that I, I'm sticking it for because I do think it's still a great book. I just feel like it it, it could have been more somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. Maybe, there, maybe it's impossible. I I think there was a lot of meat there that could have continued to be expanded upon. Um, definitely, there were other students in the classroom that didn't get you know their chapter or their story or whatever. But I think we're made to understand that there was that discussion going on, right? So I think there was there was more meat there to be a sequel explored. to this would be wild, like, <laughs> like not necessarily a sequel, maybe, but like each character from the classroom gets like one chapter to find out yeah. who they are 20, yeah. 30 years later, like a Zack Snyder edit. Uh, yeah, right? it's just two hours longer, uh, and we get to see every little intricate character no, think, development. And maybe it's mostly because of that letter where things are redacted, but like I think maybe more than any other maybe book in general that i've read i really wonder what happened to these characters later yeah, yeah right for sure i mean it being such a traumatic yeah. yet also cathartic and yeah. empowering experience yeah and that that letter does express there's been some serious changes in yeah. people's lives and leads to some interesting questions of like wait what did happen with those two yeah. or who did she <laughs> exactly. marry and we're like what's going on what, what did pig pig yeah, get up to like, and what yeah, yeah. so I mean, it, yeah, uh, both a sequel and a, and an expansion would be kind of interesting to see. Or even just, yeah, an extra special. chapter at the end that does, like, the whole, like, you know, in closing credits of the movie where it yeah. tells you, like, what each character went on to do with the rest that's of their right, lives. Yeah. Pink yeah. Pen eventually took a shower in yeah, 1970. Right. Yeah. yeah, Ted Jones eventually recovered <laughs> and became a villain in another book. <laughs> yes. He was called the Inky Black Man. Oh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so I mean, I, I granted you're still you're stuck on the four. I think that's still quite a the high rating, yeah. right? When it comes to any book, um, you know, really that's kind of into the must read uh, category. I think a four out of five. So, um, yeah, just a a really, really interesting book, and um, I don't I don't I don't I think I don't have too many more thoughts to to go through. I, I, uh, I've increased my rating once again. Yeah, I'm not good at holding firm on my first. Well, no, ratings. that's fine. I mean, we want to <laughs> we want to hear what your actual final thought is on things. Yeah. And I'm I'm really, I think it's wild that that you you've given it an extra half a star because you know I agree that it's a really great book, and I just feel like maybe not a whole lot of it would have necessarily agreed with me. So, right on. So yeah, let's talk about where we're going next. Yeah. Um when we were talking about uh privately between ourselves what what we were going to do next it was important to me right now to try to jump on something that's a little bit topical Mm -hmm. um and so there's been some pretty sweeping book bannings in schools in florida yeah as well as some other states as well as well as some other states yeah florida has particularly been on the because of um well the, it was a law a new law right it's a new law yeah. and it's just governor uh DeSantis there in general has been doing a lot of very sort of archaic mm-hmm. very conservative um movements and and things that uh are people are getting concerned people are leaving mm-hmm. florida people are you know so yeah i wanted to look at those um and also i was hoping to cover something that would fit within um pride month yeah which is what we're sitting in right now and we ended up we'll have to somehow record this before before the end of june well as long as you know in my opinion as long as we read it in june that's what really matters but you're right we should try (laughs) we should definitely make the effort um 
and also because I learned about this book from my kid. Yeah, me too, actually. Cool. Um, we're going to be covering the graphic novel Heartstopper by Alice Oseman, mm -hmm. um, which is included in the bands in Florida. Uh, this book of hers and... Oh, I can't think of what the other one is. She's got a novel that was also pulled from Florida. And um, and yeah, apparently it's uh, it's kind of a a story of uh, like queer romance in high school. Yes. As in, I understand it. In, in England. Oh, is it in England? Well, I, I think so. Know I, that. My, my daughter has read, I think, all the ones that are available in Canada at the time. So I'm pretty sure they're British. That does make sense because yeah. I, I actually... I just bought my kid the second volume of this and I, I browsed through like the first 10 or 15 pages of it, a curiosity. And I do vaguely remember there being some sort of a, Oh, it was a, a jumper oh, for okay. a sweater. Yeah. And, and there was, it was like, Oh, that's interesting. That's British. When they went, they went to, they tucked in and <laughs> no, no, I it was just central the jumper. British stuff. It was just the jumper. Just the the jumper, jumper was, or... but that's such a, like, how did that get that name? Yeah. You have to know. jump to like put it. It's just a weird name know. for a sweater. Uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Up. And also we have Man Cave Sound, or we did have Mr. Man Cave Sound. Man Cave Sound seems to have left. Um, we're just wrapping up our look at um, Rage by Stephen King. Uh, give us a call if you want. We're we're probably shutting it down here pretty quick. But uh, yeah, any questions you still have? If or, you wanted or stuff to that... call and just chat with us about yeah. banned books. Or... I'm sure we missed plenty of things <laughs> that were up for discussion as part yeah. of that book. Or if you have any thoughts on our new venture of reading Heartstopper. Yep. Um, yeah, let us know. If you want to talk about Stephen King in general, you want to talk about, uh, what were we talking about like earlier? Oh, old, old technology. technology. Yeah, if you have some thoughts yeah. on old technology. Yeah, share your best memory of using a rotary dial phone. Yeah, I, uh, I got a Laserdisc player. <laughs> I always loved Laserdisc. I thought Laserdisc was a neat idea. I never had one, but I just, <laughs> like, it was what, like, all of the real cinephiles talked about having. Like, Yeah, that's right. It was, at the time, it was the superior technology. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, or the the machine that was like had the laser disc, but then also you could put five like DVDs. Oh, in, in, that's it was magical. like an either or. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, those were those were quite the machines. I'm People, sure that there's... young kids have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> they have no idea. There was understanding of like the format wars yeah. of like um, Betamax Beta, versus yeah. VHS, and then again with, with Blu-ray versus DVD. like HD DVD. Yeah. And HD DVD was like one of the few technologies where well, eight track and cassette tapes. Oh, that's another and, one, right? Yeah, like yeah. All sorts of. I just remember yeah. that um, HD DVD was one of the things. Like normally, when it comes to a shifting technology, you it's it's safe to support the one that porn supports, right? <laughs> that's the usual. That's just generally the rule. It's if, kind of a rule of thumb for life. I it think. is, yeah. <laughs> like porn helped revolutionize like streaming video on the internet. They helped revolutionize commerce on the internet like porn is at they the forefront paywalls, pretty right? much yeah. um but porn did embrace uh hd dvd over blu-ray and uh and they lost so i think that's the one exception that proves the rule is maybe, true or so, maybe. something like that um yeah i don't understand that phrase the exception that proves the rule because yeah. if it's a rule why is there an exception <laughs> should negate the fact that That's it's a right. rule it is but... not a hard and fast rule if there's exceptions yeah uh glenn b's here now hey glenn b oh we just lost mister um master of puckery that's a fun nice. fun reference hey glenn b we're talking about rage by stephen king and maybe wrapping it up but if you want to call in and share your thoughts about 
rage uh hockey related that's fun we're not talking about hockey um but oh master of puckery ah that's yes. the, that's the hockey related thing i get it um was there a, was there a sports reference in rage they did play um uh follow the leader yeah um but yeah if you want to we're just maybe i don't know the book yeah do you know stephen king this will be a fun conversation. We'll we'll say something and wait a second for him to type. <laughs> this is all up to your typing speed. Yeah, <laughs> how fast do you type there, Glenn? Uh, cool. You want to talk about Stephen King? You want to talk about banned books? Uh, you can call us if you want. Uh, otherwise, we're probably gonna drift off the air here pretty quick. Um, Let me go silent for a second. Yeah, nothing like dead air to spur. Yeah, people all, all the best podcasts have some random yeah. dead air yeah. in the middle of them. Just yeah. Move <laughs> um, one more message there. I can call if you want to go. It's okay too. I appreciate. I appreciate we, we've got time. We've got time, man. Glenn. Like we, yeah. we can we can handle a call, especially if you if you have something to chat about uh, in on Stephen King. You know, we've talked a bit about. Uh, the Richard Bachman kind of times and uh, you know, I'm not as familiar a Stephen King reader as, as Todd. So maybe you can illuminate me as to some of the other things that he's done or, you know, we, we did talk a little bit about uh, kind of the Stephen King metaverse and how some of his characters are connected and that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. uh, if you have any thoughts on that or some cool uh, examples to share, that'd be awesome. You did ring there briefly and then I, I didn't click except fast enough and it disappeared. So, if you want to try that again, we, we would we'd love to chat. And oh, there it is again. Let's try this. And we're going to invite. Oh, man, it disappears too quick. That I, was not a lot of time. I keep drinking every time that pops up. And then and then I have to put my drink down before I can click. And I can't click fast enough. Um, I one, think third time's a charm if you want to try Invite from profile and see if that works. Well, I mean, I guess. I guess. I can try that. If you insist, we'll we'll try that. So this is like, hey, don't, we don't call Glenn us. We'll call you now, Master Puckery. How's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Lovely. We're, yeah, we're we're a few drinks in. You know, we're talking about rage. So how are you doing? Um, not a few drinks in, but I'm a couple of joints in. So I suppose we're probably close to on the same level. Similar space to yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't I don't know a whole lot about Stephen King. I just remember the one movie with that lady that like broke the actor's legs or whatever in the cabin. Oh, oh misery. misery. Yeah. 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 That's really the only Stephen King I really know. Never. Not a big thriller guy. Really. It's not sure. My, oh, okay. It's not my style sure, of sure. book. Yeah. yeah. I'd get like too into it and then my mind goes weird places. And it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not everyone likes that. I got a friend who's like that. He does not like appreciate the dark books because he doesn't like where it takes his where it takes his brain yeah which is which is perfectly fine man like knowing that about yourself yeah and being like yeah hey i know this and i'm not gonna go down there like that's awesome man i wish i was that self-aware when i was like a kid <laughs> it takes a lot of time to develop well in my case i'm 36 so i it's not it's not like it was instant i i, I didn't i didn't like crawl out of the womb going hey guys i'm a baby so you're saying <laughs> you, you you've had some experiences a couple a couple right on, right a couple on. You know, one a year, one experience a year is good enough for me. I don't want to go too quick. There yeah, go. there you go. That's good. Yeah. And w w are you talking like pivotal experiences once once per year? That's pretty good. That's that's not bad. I mean, if I can keep it to less than that for pivotal experiences, but experiences in general. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like yeah. like whitewater rafting once per year. So like along I, I those lines. That's like a 
Well, that's like that's like my uh, my producing children. That's like once a decade. Once a decade. Well, <laughs> yes. Hopefully, there's some practice in between, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's not bad. Oh, if if I had like a baseball batting average on it, I, I'd be well before below the Mendoza line, well below. <laughs> <laughs> so, what brings you to Podbean today? Uh, well, I I used to be on Podbean all the time. Now I don't really go on Podbean at all. But then I was sitting outside smoking. I'm like, hey, I should check out Podbean. I remember checking oh, you guys yeah. out once before. I thought you oh, guys really? were oh, cool. Uh, I'm like, oh, I should check those guys out again. And yeah, we're still yeah. Well, welcome still, back. Still talking about banned books and other media. I think you guys were talking about a book that was used to be in school maybe of mice and men yeah we, we did yeah, cover yeah. of mice and men yep that was that, a great that was one the, that was that was the book i was here for excellent right yeah on. yeah uh, what do you what are your thoughts on on book bans and and that sort of thing uh i i think books should just be readily available i mean you could put i mean they put the parental advisory explicit lyrics on a cd why can't you put like the same label on a book that's fine yeah that's a good point i don't know why <laughs> that's a really good now. point like explicit content <laughs> You know, yeah. Hey, yeah. we we told you ahead of time. This book's gonna have a lot of talk of things that you might be uncomfortable with. Eh, up to you. They they, yeah. they do that with like video games and yeah. uh, you know they've got the rating system on movies that tell you literally like it's got nudity, it's got swearing, it's got yeah. blood and gore. Like you're right. They why can't they do for books? Or is the thought that that's advertising somehow? Like hey, check out all the cool stuff <laughs> in this book that you're you're gonna want to you know read that your parents don't want to tell you. Well, I mean, if it works However, for video like games, if, if you want to get kids to start reading instead of playing video games, maybe they should put any, put start putting split content on books. Right? Yeah. yeah. This yeah, book yeah. contains uh, wording that suggests nudity. Yeah, yeah. graphic depictions of sex. Doesn't have that Pokemon come yeah. here. <laughs> well, I mean, not just this like season, on the TV shows or whatever. I remember as a kid, like you know, staying up too late watching TV, and about midnight comes on, and some movie I've never heard of comes on, and it says this movie may contain se- sexuality and nudity. I'm like, yes. yes, and you're like, great. Yes, now I'm staying up for another couple hours. <laughs> I've lucked into it. <laughs> An hour and a half in, a man shows his butt, and I'm greatly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, full frontal male nudity. You're like, God, wasted wasted all that time. <laughs> Could have been watching something much more productive. Exactly, or hopefully with better nudity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they don't ever say the quality of the nudity. That's not (laughs) part of the rating system. It it needs to be like uh, uh, exciting nudity or disappointing nudity. Is it good naked or bad naked? (laughs) (laughs) We need to know. Nudity that is pleasing to the straight man's eye. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Who is the nudity for? Yeah, what's the target demographic of the nudity? They should have Good that. Thought, they should have that. Yeah. Tar- target demo for nudity in movies. They exactly. Yeah. Well, also the, the first good idea about... for the nudity. <laughs> but I think your your idea about the books and and kind of getting that little disclaimer on it, uh, you know, that, that I think that's a pretty sensible idea. Right. I, I mean, I, a, I think I that like was the name. genesis of putting CDs and other stuff. Yes. Yeah was to appease some of that uh, right Yeah, the parental uh, groups and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Certainly didn't appease my parents, that's for sure. They, <laughs> no. they did not want to know what was going on this that I was purchasing what in their company. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, explicit content, hard glare, still buying it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, no, he said the word fuck. Oh, well, yeah. who cares? You know, I've heard yeah. it before, mom and dad. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watch hockey with my dad. I, I heard... Many words that were very new to me at a very young age. That's right. <laughs> My dad was the same way watching sports on TV. Like he could, I think he felt like they could hear him. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, I swear yeah. my dad honestly thought he could hear him because if 
he, they couldn't hear him. Certainly the neighborhood could. <laughs> what uh, what part of the world are you from, Glenn? Uh, I'm in Saskatchewan, Canada. Oh, okay. right on. Couple we're provinces over. Canada? Yeah, we're in BC. Yeah, I, I, I also remember you guys are Canadian. Was another yeah, yeah, yeah we're I in BC. From... Are you? Oh, I'm I'm glad at least one of you know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 50-50. Depends on the day. That's right. Oh, a lot of travel. No, it depends on the state of mind. Yeah, the, the state oh, of mind. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have any drinky poos I... in. Oh, a lot of drinky poos. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember exactly. where you are. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, sometimes that's the bottom of the uh... bottle of drinky poo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes it gets a little up, tough right? to... All right, well, we're going to let you go there, Glenn, and uh, and, uh, wrap up the show. (laughs) At least one of you is probably taking a nap. And take care, guys. Right now? Good hearing you. Soon, yeah. Good to hear from you, Glenn. Hopefully you'll check us out again sometime. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how to hang up now. Yeah, let's see if I can figure it out. Oh, you can It's been so long since we had a caller. (laughs) Well, we really really appreciate you calling in, Glenn. And we'll try and figure out where we are uh, next time we're we're live, and hopefully we'll hear from you again. Yeah, I don't know how to hang up on you either. This is crazy. I guess you're just in it with us uh, to the bitter end. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. We're disconnecting you, man. Take care. Well, that was fun. That was fun. We, yeah. we, uh, that's officially the first call that we've had since uh, you have been co-hosting. I think it went really well. We didn't touch the subject matter, but we had some really good discussion. We had so. some good discussion, and yeah, and that's what it's all about. That idea about like um, warning labels on on books is yeah. is interesting. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, we'll maybe we'll throw that to some politicians and see what they think of it. Yeah, yeah. If we could re- make it a real hot button issue, uh, Florida, maybe exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, that's it for us, I guess. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was going to re- require multiple episodes to cover hard stuff. I suspect we'll just do it in one. Um, and I guess we can talk then whether we want to do multiple volumes. Um, yeah. Maybe break them up over time because I know that like volume five isn't even out yet. So yeah, not out till November. Or something, yeah, my daughter so said, like so. maybe we we cover one every couple months or something. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe it'll depend on how we feel about the first one. If the first one That's sucked, true. we'll yeah. be like, yeah. we don't want to. I mean, our since our kids are obsessed with it, it might be good, but. Yeah, hopefully our kids have good taste. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's what I'm banking um, on right now, to be honest. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's also a, a, a good excuse to keep up on, you know, what our kids are all about, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So until next time, I have been Mr. Todd Sullivan, and I've been Peter Ammon. Um. Until next time, go read a fucking book.